Welcome back to Picking Winners. I am Tony. That is Nate. We hope you guys all had a great Thanksgiving, Black Friday, watched lots of football, long relaxing weekend, all the above. It is now week 13, and we've got picks in this one. Best bets. We'll toss out some props, uh, some future bets along the way. But before we get started, Nate, how we doing? Doing good. We just got done watching Thursday Night Football. Banged a bunch out of that. So one, we both had Dallas in that for this show picking winners and trying to become profitable just betting the money line for an entire nfl season um but i did play seattle minus or plus nine and a half and then in our group text i was talking to you guys because dallas got the ball first and then they drove down the field or whatever like that and you yeah. know that when they drive down the field they're going to score if they score the line's going to jump up because it's like oh they were at nine. Now they're winning three to nothing or seven to nothing or whatever like that. So I was like, hey, it's mm-hmm. going to jump. And it hit 13 and a half and right away got dropped back down after they kicked the, as they were kicking a field goal um, down to eight and a half and then back to nine and a half. And we just kept betting it. Every time we get to double digits, just keep <laughs> going and keep going. And, you know, Seattle got the ball in the second half. You know, yeah. they're going to get more possessions than Dallas does because they get the ball first. Um, they were going to score right before the half. So when Dallas scored right before the half, hit it again. And then in the second half, Dallas comes down, boom. And, you know, or Seattle goes down, scores. And then you got Dallas getting the ball back. They go to score. And then you're like, hey, um, you know, you just keep hitting this double-digit Dallas to win thing. And before the book finally says, hey, we're going to stop doing that and <laughs> hang it around three, three and a half the whole rest of the game. Um, but Seattle really messed up in this game. And it was just – They went up 26 to 20, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, no, 27 to 20 is what they did. Went up 27 to 20. They're up seven, and they just kicked the extra point to go up eight. You never kick the extra point to go up eight there. You go up nine. You try to go up nine because if you miss it, you're down seven. The other team's probably not going to go for two to go up by one because the chances that they miss it, 50-50 shot of, you know, two-point conversions over the time of two-point conversions in the NFL – uh, if you miss it, you're down by one. Go for two. And they just, it was like, it wasn't even a decision. Like, Geno's got his helmet off. I'm like, what are you doing? And then it ended up biting him in the butt because the decisions that Dallas made later in the game were based off the fact that they were tied or they were up one. So they mm-hmm. go for two and now they're up three, right? And if you go for two there and you're up or it's a tie ball game when Dallas scores that last touchdown, when they go for two, Dallas kicks the extra point, and they're up one if you had made it. If you miss it, you're down two at that point, and then you end up down three again anyways, right? So what's the difference in what, what's going on? But you had a chance to have Dallas up one. You go down, four and a half minutes left. Go down, take your time. You know you need a field goal to win the ball game, but no. You need a field goal to tie. You want to win because you're on the road. You need a touchdown. You're pressing. You're calling plays that are trash, and you're letting Mike Parsons just run off the edge and hit you right in the face on a fourth down play. It makes no sense. Seattle lost that game because they didn't go for two in the third quarter when up seven. (laughs) Terrible coaching. Yeah. I'm good, though. seven or eight. I won. Uh, messages <laughs> seven or eight messages in our group chat about uh jump on this line jump on that line uh, a lot of fun it was a fun yeah. thursday night uh football game usually you know those are kind of eh, eh. this one pretty high scoring lots of action throughout i think like seattle scored on their first six drives dallas something similar so uh yep. definitely appreciate that uh so let's do a quick recap of last week we missed on the lions and vikings pick so we took a bit of a hit there i went 11 and 5 still positive two and a half units nate you went 10 and 6 uh still respectable and we'll mark it as in the green you were positive 0.03 units so we are profitable there in four out of the last five weeks for both of us that's the good news the bad our best bets from week 12 they both lost uh, I took mm-hmm. Kansas City and Las Vegas at under at 44 and a half. Missed because, of course, it did. Uh, a Chiefs team that was 2-9 and nine against the line. And this was one of the higher lines in the week. So that didn't hit. Anyways, yours, uh, you took Detroit minus 7.5. And they lost. We talked in the week 12 preview show about Detroit not taking care of the football, getting in trouble with some of these teams that can score. That's exactly what happened. Uh, any gripes there before we move on? Detroit stinks. I've said Detroit <laughs> stinks all year long. They're a terrible yeah. team. 
but what was interesting was the way that Green Bay came out, and they just came out slinging the ball, right? And they were they aggressive, and they took it to the opponent rather than trying to, you know, slowly get down the field, mix this and that, and then maybe punt. No, they were aggressive the entire game, and it was kind of fun to see out of that team. Hopefully they can continue it because it makes it more entertaining for us as viewers of the NFL's product because the NFL product is not good, Tony. It is struggling right now quarterback play is terrible there's maybe five quarterbacks that you would want your team to have in this league right now and it stinks like the scoring is way down but a lot of it is just terrible quarterback play all over the place i mean you just go down the line when you're you know whoever you are go in the standings of whatever app you use and talk look at look at the teams and who's playing quarterback for them right now it sucks and i'm kind of intrigued to kind of do some math stuff on it because i think a lot of it just has to do with forcing guys into the starting roles you know as rookies and hey you got to perform now this at the other right based off of what seattle did with the russell wilson contract and they kind of showed the league hey this is what you do it now everybody's trying to do it but the teams who stink Mm -hmm. are trying to do it still get franchise quarterbacks when they have nobody to block or (laughs) nobody to catch or nobody to defend right so the the product on the field isn't all that great outside of just a handful of teams. And I think we're going to see that when we go through these picking winners today. Yeah, it makes it difficult to pick a lot of these matchups on a week-to-week basis. All right, moving on to our Week 13 picks. We're recording this again on Thursday, November 30th. After the Thursday night game, Nate mentioned both of us had Dallas. They did get the W, so we're starting off the Week 1-0. and uh, Good job on us. One final thing. These lines are from FanDuel. We took them down uh, around 6 o'clock this evening. So we'll go ahead and start with the Sunday early games. First one is Indy at Tennessee. Indy's favored by 1.5. Over-unders at 42.5. Nate, what you got? It's wild. Indianapolis started this season without Jonathan Taylor for like the first four games. Anthony Richardson was supposed to be, you know, this, that, the other. Comes in, looks flashy, but can't finish a game. And then finally goes on season-ending IR and... You just kind of think that Indianapolis is dead. But if you listen to Jonathan Taylor when he came back and as they hit their bye week, he was like, you know, this is like the perfect time for us to have our bye. And he kind of had this little smirk on him in his post-game interview. And you look at the rest of the Indianapolis Colts schedule, it's very winnable. They're likely to end up making the playoffs. Like they can legitimately make the playoffs this year and they're going to go into Tennessee and beat the crap out of this team. I wouldn't be surprised if – you end up seeing like a Ryan Tannehill somewhere in this game come back in and play because um, Brable's kind of lost it as a coach. I think that um, he's not doing as well. Let's just say that. And he's going to need to have something that saves a little bit of face in order to come back for another year. But I'll take Indianapolis to get a win on the road at Tennessee, even without Jonathan Taylor. And there's really no true – there's been no reporting that he even got surgery. It was just like they said he's going to get it on Wednesday. There's no reporting after Wednesday. It's just like, okay, like there's fantasy managers out there who are trying to put this guy in an IR spot so they can save a roster spot and hopefully have him for the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Like people got moves to make, update the stuff, let people know. We'll probably get that here on Friday that he's going to be out though. So Jonathan Taylor yeah. – I'll take Gardner Minshew over Will Levis any day of the week, and that's really tough to say. Yeah, especially after that start for Will Levis. But there would normally be some concern uh, when a team loses their star running back. You mentioned Jonathan Taylor going down uh, with that surgery. But the Colts have Zach Moss, who apparently is elite. Uh, I don't know when that happened. May have more maybe something to do with Shane Steichen than Moss's ability. But either way, the Colts are 11th in the league in rushing, respectable. The offense is 15th in DVOA, respectable. The defense is 11th, very respectable. And I can't explain it uh, because Minshew doesn't have the peripherals you want to see, but it's working. It's Mm -hmm. working, and Indy already beat Tennessee once. I believe they can replicate that performance and shut down Derrick Henry again. It's all they have to do, to be honest. So I'm also taking Indy on the road. Can you imagine Next if Indianapolis makes the playoffs with Gardner Minshew and maybe they win a game in the playoffs because the AFC is yeah. not all that great, right? They have all the quarterback talent, but they're not yeah. all that great. Maybe they win one, sneak one by somehow, and then next year Anthony Richardson comes back and they start 0-3 and everybody's just <laughs> everybody's just cheering for Minshew to come into the games. That would be a pretty wild scene. Yeah, they are in a wild card spot, I do believe. But let's move on to the Chargers at the Patriots. Uh, Chargers, road favorites, get they get five and a half. New England uh, is at home. Over under here is at 40.5. Low for a Chargers game. What you got? 
Yeah, I don't think that bookmakers or people betting believe that New England's going to be able to score points. It either feels like New England is going to just Ramondre Stevenson left, Ramondre Stevenson middle, <laughs> maybe left again to take him off the scent, then mm -hmm. Ramondre Stevenson right, and they just kill clock. Or New England's going to be able to put up points because the Chargers don't have a defense either, even though their head coach is defensive-minded. Um, yeah, weird. I like the over in this game, but I'm going to pick the Chargers to beat New England. I think New England is in full tank mode. We saw them last week when they're playing the New York Giants, and there is no excuse not to be able to move the ball on the New York Giants. I don't care who your quarterback is, who's playing on your team, whether you have 10 guys on the field, nine guys, let alone 11. And part they were so lackadaisical, no desire to score a touchdown at the end of that game. Settle for a, a longer field goal. I think it was like a 39-yarder or something like that to tie it and go into overtime. And the dude misses it. I don't think that he went out there with the mindset or the direction to make that kick. New England, I believe, is tanking hardcore, and they're trying to battle out, you know, Carolina or even Arizona for that last place in the NFL and get the number one overall pick, have Caleb Williams and maybe Bill Belichick rumors of him going away are false as he gets a decent quarterback into it whatever they got. Maybe they'd be back with Daniels to be the offensive coordinator mm -hmm. or something like that. But I think the Chargers beat this team, but I think there's going to be a lot of points in it. And I think we'll be able to figure it out very soon if this is going to be like an under-under game or it's going to be a complete yeah. over. So. First possession or two, for sure. Uh, keep my eyes on the group chat there. Uh, Patriots, they continue to slide 27th now in offensive efficiency, 31st uh, in special teams. Very, very uncharacteristic of a Belichick team, which tells me this is not a team we can expect to get back up after getting knocked down repeatedly. That might have something to do with kind of what you were leading on uh, with it. Maybe they're tanking and we just don't know it yet. Chargers defense isn't particularly special. You know, good. They're bad, in fact, but New England has shown us nothing on offense. Uh, so I am taking LA. Um, their backs are kind of against the wall. Uh, they need a win. We've seen them in this position before this season. They were 0 and 3. They got the win, I think, on the road in Minnesota. But I think this is a good spot for them to to get a bounce back win against a team that, for all intents and purposes, is probably tanking. Honestly, so mm -hmm. I've also got the Chargers in this one. Next matchup: Detroit at New Orleans. Uh, Lions are favored by four and a half over unders at forty six point five. What, what are we doing with this one? Uh, one said it already. I don't think that the Detroit Lions are any good at football. They're not a good team. They're not a contender. They may win their division, um, but they're not good. They're going to get smoked first round of the playoffs. Uh, the New Orleans Saints, though, are even worse. Because they're able to move the ball down the field four yards at a time. That's what Derek Carr does. Four yard out, four yard in, four yard out, four yard in. And then dump off to Kamara, four yards down the field. And that's all they do. And then they get in the red zone and they kick field goals because they can't punch it in. This team is in the red zone. It feels like every single drive. And all they do is not score touchdowns. Like it's the wildest thing to watch every single Sunday when you got Kamara on your fantasy teams or you got Olave or you're, you know, doing some crazy stuff with Shahid and you're just trying to get a bomb. But they don't put it in the end zone. And that's why I'm gonna pick Detroit to win here. I think that the four and a half is way too much for Detroit to get against New Orleans. It's fair. The Superdome is a pretty hostile place to play. Team's not good, but um, I'll take the New Orleans defense to be better than the Detroit offense and Detroit to squeak out a win. Okay. Uh, yeah, no Mike Thomas for the Saints. Uh, Chris Olave still in the concussion protocol, I believe. Didn't check today, but that's how it was yesterday. So his status is uncertain. Rashid Shahid was a DNP. I'm not sure if he's playing with that thigh injury. So lots of talent, lots of pass catchers out for the Saints. What that means, two things. Uh, Nate, one, I also have Detroit winning this game. And B, Taysom Hill's package is going to be massive. Uh, despite that, I am get, uh, taking the Lions on the road. I really like that you brought that into into the <laughs> podcast. So for the listener, we were chatting at work over the whatever Microsoft Teams mm -hmm. chat or whatever like that because we work in different buildings. And Tony does that. Uh, hey, one, 
this be this uh, like, wait a minute it threw me off guard but i really respect it but uh we're gonna get a jamal williams like revenge game here where like it's just Taysom hill and jamal williams running you know read options all day yeah some wildcat action or something yeah jamal williams yeah. revenge game after he has 65 yards in the entire season <laughs> jesus <laughs> not gonna happen not gonna uh, pencil that one in all right next one atlanta at the jets the falcons road favorites one and a half over unders at 34 what you got? Oh my God, the Jets! Why do I keep doing this to myself, Tony? Um, I don't know. Desmond, I don't care who's playing quarterback for the Jets. Um, I don't. I don't know how any of these offenses scored points in the game. So we got to find the defense and the special teams that'll score points. So in my brain, Desmond Ritter. And this is not my brain. This is legitimately, if you watch this dude play, he snaps the ball and then looks at the receiver he's going to throw to until the dude is open. And if he's not open, he panic throws it to the receiver, hoping that he gets open. And those turn into interceptions. He stares down one receiver. He doesn't go through progressions. He started to take off running a little bit, but I don't think he's going to be able to do that against the Jets. I think the Jets score a defensive touchdown in this game and they end up winning something like 13 to 3, 13 to 6 or something like that. It's a field field possession uh, how do you say that? Uh field position game and the Jets have one of the better punters. He's got tons of reps so he's in form and I think that's what ends up winning this game. Jets defensive or special teams touchdown. I think it's going to be a defensive one um fairly early in the game. Uh, and I think that's going to be it for the Atlanta Falcons. I don't see how either team scores an offensive touchdown in this game. It's gross, and this is definitely going to be the one game probably, (laughs) the one game in this, like, early slate that I'm glued on. Like, it's just glued on full out on the TV, and then I'll, you know, quad box a smaller computer monitor in front of me to watch the other games. Don't do that to yourself. No, I have to. <laughs> and put some respect on the AFC South leading Falcons, okay? Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's where we're at, man. Uh, any team with Tim Boyle under center doesn't deserve to win. You might be able to say the same about Ritter, but they have gotten a few wins with him this season. Uh, Jets do have a great defense, but everything on offense is going to be limited. All ceilings capped, uh, like Hobbit, probably like Hobbit ceiling height is what we're talking about here. <laughs> Run game uh, with Brees Hall, that's that's fine. Garrett, Wilson, Lazard, all those ceilings are capped. Floors aren't even there. Jets have topped 12 points just two times in the last five weeks. So Atlanta does not have to do much on offense here. Um, they're going to limit what Desmond Ritter can do, um, and I think they'll just run the ball. I think it's going to be a game of field uh, position. It's going to probably hit the under, even though this thing's at 34 already. Uh, yeah. But I am on the other side. Uh, I'm taking Atlanta. I just – Tim Boyle's so bad, man. He stinks. So bad. Mm-hmm. I'd feel better if Zach Wilson was playing. I'd probably take the Jets if he was, to be honest. Oh, that was, I, dude, that just made me so happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on now, Arizona at Pittsburgh. Uh, what do we got here? Pittsburgh favored by five and a half over under pretty low. It's at 41.5. What you got? Um, what is that producer? <laughs> oh, you know that, uh, apparently there's this thing where Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season as an NFL coach. Really? And he, and he, and he's never won coach of the year. Um, not sure if you know that, but they're pretty close to not having a losing season again, and the Arizona Cardinals are going to be Jesus. part of that statistic. The Arizona Cardinals are going to end up getting smoked by the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers have some life without Matt Canada. They had over 400 yards for like the first time in, I don't know, three decades or something like that. Yeah, ever since Matt Canada was there. Even with Big Ben, they never had 400 yards. That's kind of wild. I get he was limited mobility-wise or whatever, mm-hmm. but they still had dudes. Um, they did. It'll be interesting to see if Deontay Johnson wants to be a part of the team on the offensive end and actually block wide block defensive backs while they're running the ball. Um, actually, like at least move a couple steps forward when it's a run play and not a pass, and then actually try to get the ball or tackle the person who pick mm-hmm. up with the football and runs the other direction as you turned it over. Um, I think Deontay Johnson, um, for what it is worth, he's on his way out of Pittsburgh. 
This is what Could Pittsburgh be. does is they build up a receiver and they trade him away. They build up a receiver and they trade him away. It doesn't matter who you are, and they're always the best receivers in the league at the time, right? But he is a year gone. Like, they shouldn't have kept him in going into this year because now his value is going to be a lot lower, I guess you would say, to be able to be dealt. Mm -hmm. But they just let guys go, and that's what they do. And they have George Pickens to fill the role that they need. And they're going to use George Pickens in this game. They're going to beat up on the Arizona Cardinals at home. A little renegade action when Kyler runs around <laughs> one time. Love We're it. in the middle of the third quarter. Maybe it's a three-point game or something like that. Next thing you know, you know, everybody's seeing a renegade. You got terrible towels going around, strip sack, fumble, pick it up for a touchdown. T.J. Watt, Pittsburgh mm. wins and gets the cover. Cardinals are coming off an absolute beating from the Rams. Uh, and over the last two weeks, they haven't been anything uh, but ineffective. Steelers are 13th in offensive efficiency. Defense has been solid too. They're seventh in the, in that same metric. I think they placed out defense in this one last week. You mentioned it. They outgained their opponent, which is wild. Got over 400 yards. First time this season, I want to say, but they should be able to find their spots against a suspect Cardinals defense. They're 30th in efficiency. And I think Pittsburgh does get the win here. I have Pitt. They're going to be eight and four. Uh, after this win. That's nuts. This Pittsburgh team is going to be eight and four. Mm. You heard that right. It's crazy. All right. Next game, Miami at Washington. The Dolphins are favored by nine and a half over unders high. I think this is, this is the highest one of the week at 49.5. What you got? You know, every week I talk about how there's one big favorite that has, um, you know, <laughs> the most the likely one? to lose or something like that. Well, apparently out there in the world of, you know, handicapping or gambling or whatever you want to call it. A lot of people are concerned about this Miami Dolphins team going to Washington because they play on grass in Washington and it's winter weather in Washington and it's going to be, you know, a little bit sloppy here and there. There's a bunch of precipitation that left us and it's going over that way. Um, but what people also don't factor in is that Miami is faster than Washington. They're better than Washington. And if Miami slows down, that means Washington slows down also. Correct. It's not like it only happens for one team. So the Miami Dolphins are going to beat the crap out of the Washington Commanders. We're going to get that big passing total out of Sam Howell once again. I have not looked at his player prop. I should have looked at that before for attempts. But Sam Howell is going to throw the ball, I don't know, maybe 43 times in this game. So if it's below 42 and a half, you know, bang it. I don't know. Don't do that. That's dumb. Like, it needs to be like 29, 32, 33, somewhere around there. Um, if it's like 33, 34, I'd probably still go for it. But, um, yeah, Miami, I'll take them to win on the road. 38 and a half is, uh, the, is the line for yeah, past attempts. That, you know how crazy that is? Yeah. <laughs> that It's like so high. you're just going to – here's the line. And you kind of want to bet it still. He'll probably throw it 40 yeah. times, but – yeah. Uh, commanders have given up the most passing yards in the NFL this season. They're dead last uh, there. Not a good stat when you're up against a team like Miami. Uh, it is supposed to be a little sloppy, but this Dolphins team, unlike years past or other teams who run an offense like theirs, they run the ball very well. So I don't have any concern there. And yeah, as Nate said, you know, the uh, commodes also have to play in the same conditions. Not going to waste any more time here. I have the Dolphins as well. Moving on to the last of the early Sunday games. We got Denver at Houston. Texans are favored at home by three and a half over under second highest on the week. Looks like it's tied with the Philly line at 47.5. What you got? Denver's on a run. They've won five in a row. Um, they're playing really well. Yeah. But they're not playing really well on offense. They're doing things. It looks okay. But they're not scoring touchdowns like they should be scoring touchdowns with the amount of possessions they have. A bunch of their scores are coming off of turnovers. They've been a turnover machine. I mean, multiple turnovers a game, winning the turnover margin by multiple turnovers every single week, which is cool. Russ isn't turning the ball over. They're not fumbling. That's how you win ball games, right? But you can't continue to just keep winning turnover battles by two, three, four, every single week and winning one score games. And that's what yeah. Denver's doing right now. I don't think that that gets the job done in Houston. I'll take Houston to beat the Denver Broncos. This one's intriguing to me too, because uh, I do like what Denver's got going on. They were mm -hmm. my pick to win the AFC West this year. Um, 
obviously didn't work out, but, uh, you know, took some time to get it under their belt, but yeah, I'll take, I'll take Houston to win at home. I mean, you're not going to complain about five wins in a row. That That is impressive with the way that team started. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this matchup, offensively and defensively, on the season, the Texans are better than the Broncos. Tank Dell, Nico Collins, Dalton Schultz, uh, they all get me a lot more hot and bothered than what Denver's fielding. I do like Cortland Sutton. Uh, this game, though, it is in Houston. I feel like it's fairly neutral um, outside of where it's being played. And for that reason, I'm giving the edge to the Texans this week. I'm also on the Houston side. You know how crazy that sounds, Tony? What's that? And you just said Tank Dell, Nico Collins, Dalton Schultz, Stud. top five tight end, uh, Bobby Woods. Uh, those <laughs> uh, guys Brown. get me hot and yeah. bothered. Um, you know, but that that does more for me than Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Javante Williams, Samaja P. Ryan, Russell Wilson. Like that's yeah. that's just crazy times we're in right now. Would anyone have said that preseason? I still don't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have so many data points now. I think it's a thing. It's it's yeah. gonna stay. As long as Bobby Slowick stays there. I Hell think yeah. Good. Let's go. Yep. All right. We're moving into the Sunday afternoon games now. First one here is Carolina at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's home favorites. They get five and a half over under. A very low at 36.5. It's the Panthers, so rightfully so. Who you got? You know, um, there's a stat out there of how teams perform after Frank Reich is uh, fired as their head coach. Um, currently, teams are 1-0, and no matter who's coaching. Could be a broadcaster, former center of a team, um, <laughs> a guy who, yeah, like, you know, just lost in sauce. Like, hey, I like – I like football. I'll come in here and coach, head coach oh a team God. in room. Uh, and Carolina's on the same track. Uh, maybe things are looking up for them uh, going forward as well as they are for the Indianapolis Colts. But uh, that's not going to happen against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't think Tampa Bay's any good. I also don't think Carolina's any good. Um, but I will take the passing attack of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to be able to score more points than, or at least get them in field goal position enough mm-hmm. to beat the Carolina Panthers while at home. The five and a half is a lot of points for Tampa to, you know, Carolina's defense has been playing a little bit better. They're getting guys more back and healthy. Their offensive lines playing a little bit better. Um, they're, they're improving as a team, but they're not going to be able to improve um, when Mike Evans is mossing dudes, dunking <laughs> on them. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, doing whatever he wants to do, and then having a guard Rashad White out of the backfield because he can't run the football. So, <laughs> Tampa. It, yeah, uh, I desperately want to give the edge to Carolina for a lot of the things you said. Uh, they have that interim head coach uh, bump. Pretty common thing with NFL teams; they just react when change happens. But I feel like this Panthers team with Bryce Young, it's just not good. They can't run. They can't pass. They're 30th and 29th respectively in offensive and defensive efficiency. So lots of data points, what they have, it's just not working. So the firing probably just, uh, I'm taking the bucks here at home. Um, don't feel great about it. Uh, I would watch out for an, an interim head coach bump, not feeling good about betting this one, but since we are picking all the matchups here, I'm taking the, the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks uh, in this one. Confidence level, very low on that pick. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, second of three afternoon games for Sunday is going to be Cleveland at the Rams. Uh, Rams are home favorites. They get three and a half over-unders at 39.5 because the Browns are fielding P.J. Walker. I don't think nope. PTRs is he? Oh, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. <laughs> Joe Flacco. Holy so they're, they're fourth quarterback. Fourth quarterback, uh, but what you got for this one? Joe Flacco, the replacement. He was he played he was starred in the replacements, right? That was him. Um, I, yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> the the, the lineman or something flipped his truck, right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. That's what it was. So uh, I always mistake him for Keanu Reeves. So <laughs> I guess I guess it's like a common mistake out there in the world. I saw it on Reddit one day. Um, Carolina, you got to see this team play in person, Tony. Were you impressed? Cleveland, yeah. Were you impressed? Uh, I was impressed with how DTR managed the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it was 12-14. Amari Cooper dropped a two-point conversion. Should have tied it up before DTR got concussed. I, I thought they played good. The defense was stout, but I don't. I was not like mm-hmm. under the impression that it was a, a good football team that can win a playoff game. Yeah. I'll, I'll just say that. Um, 
speaking of DTR, and I wanted you to, I was hoping you would mention DTR because uh, we had a attempts prop of 28 and a half last week. And uh, mm-hmm. that last passing attempt where he got concussed was 29. <laughs> and uh, therefore we hit the over. Uh, just to let you guys know it's, it's cold out there. I know you guys are at the game. It's cold. So you have cold. to watch. You're having to watch this stuff with the Browns fam. Maybe you're rooting for the Browns. Uh, but you know what? We, we want to bet. We want to bet. So it's all good to go. Miles Garrett. I, I so, so I was at the game, Denver, Cleveland. Uh, the only thing I was rooting for was Hopkins over 1.5 field goals. And I, we all went nuts because we all took it. And the fans around us were like, what the hell are these guys rooting for the Browns for? It was really funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Miles Garrett being a little banged up concerns me yep. too. Uh, but I'll take the Rams. The offense is playing okay. Last week's kind of like weird. Uh, Kyron Williams, if you look at what he did against the Rams the first time that they played, they averaged nine yards a rush. Um, when this is another thing with in-game betting, right? If you understand, if you if you're watching games and you kind of see what's going on in the first half, Kyron Williams had, I believe it was ten rushes for sixty-four yards, six point four yards uh, an attempt, and oh, yeah. it wasn't like he he broke off like a 55 yarder and was getting stuffed, you know, like some of these other guys, like on the Mm -hmm. chargers or anything like that. Um, Like he would legitimately get in five, six yards a a tote. And uh, the end game line as at halftime was, will he go over 93 yards? So I was like, wait, this guy to get 29 more yards in this game. When in the first time that they played, he was averaging damn near, I think it was like nine yards a carry or whatever Mm -hmm. like that. And in this one, they've shown this is what they're going to do. And they're getting six yards of carry. And he comes out. First rush in the second half. Breaks a 50-yarder. Boom. Cashed a bat. Like, just, I don't know what's going on here. Um, and I think that the running attack allows them to work more off that play action. Mm-hmm. For them to stay more balanced. And they're going to need to stay balanced against this Cleveland defense. Cleveland just doesn't have an offense. And you got Joe Flacco. Like, this is how bad it is, guys. Like, we're watching Joe Flacco in the year 2023 of our Lord and Savior. Damn, it's birthday month, and we got to watch Joe Flacco sling footballs for the fucking Cleveland Browns. This is terrible. I hope the Rams wipe the floor with these guys. I don't think they will. It's a field goal game to me or whatever like that because I think Cleveland plays a lot better defense than what you got out of Arizona last week, but I don't think Cleveland scores points. So, yeah, this just feeds into what you're saying at the, the top of the show about the product the NFL is putting out. Like Joe Flacco is starting for an NFL team. Yeah, Joe Crazy, Flacco. Uh, so I'm also taking the Rams here, not because of recency bias. Uh, we've talked a couple times about how they destroyed the Cardinals last week, but because. DTR for the Browns. He's in concussion protocol. PJ Walker, not good enough uh, to start over Joe Flacco. Who who knew? Uh, Amari Cooper, he was banged up uh, in that Broncos game. Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward also carry injury designations into week 13. Uh, Ward missed last week against Denver. Um, they both logged DNPs uh, in practice. Just tough to grind out wins when your offense is a net zero or worse uh, on the week. The Rams don't need much to get a win here. Like I'm thinking two touchdowns and a field goal or a touchdown and two field goals, probably less. Again, um, I'm taking LA in what's probably going to be a pretty low uh, scoring game because mm-hmm. Cleveland still, even without those guys or with those guys banged up, it's still a pretty uh, stout defense. Uh, final game here in the afternoon slot, San Fran at Philly, San Francisco road favorites, two and a half over unders at 47.5. Nate, <clears throat> what you got? Dude, this was so fun because before the Sunday night games last week, or before Monday night, right? When did they? When did Philly play Buffalo? It was Sunday night football. That was the Sunday night game. Yeah, Sunday night game, right? So before Sunday night football, sat there and put it out because uh, the Niners were one and a half point dogs. So it's like boom, teaser like right. Here's some teams to tease or whatever like that. Boom, like it. I don't think it's more than a one score game, regardless of who wins. So taking the Niners at seven and a half is cool you get over the three and over the seven nice um directly after that game wake up in the morning san francisco's a one and a half point favorite boom let's just take philly because the niners probably ain't gonna beat this team by two two scores regardless right like we got a good middle here i guess you would say um and now it's at two and a half it's hit three it's juiced to two and a half it'll probably hit three come sunday right before the game or whatever like that the Niners are more talented 
They're a better put-together team. They have the players, and they're buzzing. They are on a mission and everything like that. They're going into Philadelphia. Not good for the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles have not looked good pretty much all year. It's like they're getting by with one-score games, having to come back in fourth quarters, You know, finish games out in the second half. They look really ugly in first halves. Um, there's something wrong there. They don't have chemistry. Jalen Hurts is obviously hurt, um, but it seems like when they need it, he puts it on and it's like, all right, I got to run the ball, right? They start the game trying to protect him, run on all these bubble screens and little short stuff here and there, just trying to get the ball out of the hand so he doesn't get touched. And then the second half comes and it's like, look, just run the ball and put the ball in this dude's hands. Like, let him let him just do his job. Like, they're going to run, run, run. He'll take a shot. And that's what it is. And they win ball games. It's in Philadelphia. My concern is coaching. I think that coaching and like mindset, I guess you would say, mental strength, I guess you would call it. The Niners are, I believe, are a mentally weak team. I think Philly is a mentally strong team. Philly knows how to win. The Niners do not. If you picked a coach to lead your team in a Super Bowl, you would want to pick the Philadelphia head coach and not the San Francisco head coach. Probably. You would rather have Sirianni in a game I got to win, Sirianni or Shanahan. I'm taking Sirianni. Uh, all Can that I take to be Shanahan said, in the first half and Sirianni in the second <laughs> half? Is that an awesome option? That would be good. That'd be like one of those Neapolitan <laughs> shakes at In-N-Out Burger or something like that. Um, I like it. It's tough. The Niners have the team. The Philadelphia has like the coach. What wins ball games? Coaching. I'm taking the Niners to win. I don't know why. I was on Philly. I've been on Philly this whole time for them to win this mm -hmm. ball game, and it's all been because of coaching. I think that they are just a more mentally strong team. But then 5 p.m. comes around, and I'm going to plug in my pick, and I'm like, you know what? I think the Niners win this game, gets Philly to 10-2, and two. Philly still wins the number one or gets the number one overall seed in the NFC. And the Niners still have to go through Philadelphia in the playoffs deeper into December, January, it'd be January by then it's freezing cold. And then they get fucking smoked by this team. There's going to be penalties galore, like personal foul penalties before the game. There's going to be fights. Someone's getting ejected from this game. Maybe it's Trent Williams. I don't know. Um, we'll see if they call all those penalties on the Philadelphia Eagles with their tackles leaving early or their center, um, you know, bobbing and weaving before he ends up snapping the ball. Almost cost him a game. They had to kick a 59-yard field goal to tie it um, because of that, um, you know, when they probably could have scored a touchdown or kicked a pretty simple field goal. I'll take the Niners to win. It. It's just a fun game to watch. Just watch the game. Have fun. Don't try to bet, win money, and all this kind of stuff and be the smartest guy in the room. Uh, but I'm going to take the Niners to win because I think that that plays a better storyline into the rest of the season. We'll get Jalen Hurts to play through the regular season and not take off two to three weeks at the end of the season like he did last year. Keeps him in contention for the MVP debate. And I think it's pretty cool. All right. I, I don't know. Niners, I just pick them. A lot of that just to say I pick up the Niners. Like I think any, Philadelphia has every edge outside of the player pool. Any NFL script writers listening to the show, Nate <clears throat> needs to be looked at for a potential job on the writing staff. Yeah, <laughs> you, you sold me. I might change my pick here. <laughs> uh, but you made a compelling argument for the Eagles, and then you just you went the other way with it. But kind of weird that the dog here is the 10-1 and team that is undefeated at home. Uh, again, you mentioned this one is in Philly. Uh, Philadelphia just beat the Chiefs, the Bills, the Cowboys, and the Dolphins all in the past five weeks. Um, really, the only mark on them is their defense. They seem to tighten up, though, when it matters. But the Eagles shut down the run just as good as the Niners. I think those guys are like 1-2 in rushing yards allowed. But I don't know. Just feels like it should be neutral, like at the very least, as far as betting-wise. Maybe we've taken it one way or the other. I didn't see where this thing opened up at. But I'm taking Philly, so there's another matchup. I think the second one we're on opposing ends of. There's heavy money, 
heavy sharp money on the Niners and it keeps pushing it to three and there's like one or two parties that are bringing it back down. So I don't know. Fair. That's fair. Uh, Let's move into our primetime games. Now the Sunday night game is Kansas city at green Bay. The chiefs are favored by six on the road over unders at 42.5. What you got? I don't think Kansas city is all that great, but they're another team that just knows how to win. Um, They came out sloppy against the Las Vegas Raiders last week. Uh, the kid liked it. She has Josh Jacobs on her fantasy team. She's nine for those are that don't know who that is. Mm-hmm. But um, but then they just come back and they win ball games and they put fear into everybody and it like Mahomes legitimately has that Tom Brady effect or the uh, it's forty seconds left and Aaron Rodgers has the ball at the twenty yard line and got to go eighty yards and they need the touchdown because they're down four you know something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he just has it and they have it. And I don't think green Bay has anything that can stop <laughs> it. Uh, so I'm going to take Kansas city to win Sunday night football in green Bay. Hope it's a close one, but I don't think it's going to be Kansas city may be like the quietest, like real contender in the NFL right now. So, um, it's dangerous when the defense plays good and the offense isn't with that team. So, yeah, they're they're quietly a contender uh, while they figure shit out on offense. It's pretty crazy, pretty scary. Uh, I'm not sure if Rasheed Rice has arrived, uh, quotation marks, but he did run a season high 68% of the routes last week. Was targeted on 38% of those routes run and got a season high 32% target share for Kansas City. He also got a season high target share on third and fourth downs when it matters. Scored a season high 25 PPR fantasy points and finished as the wide receiver three on the week. You love all of that. Um, if he has arrived as a viable options for the chiefs and they're going to use him as such. And Kelsey continues to get healthier. He's been banged up all year, uh, been dealing with Taylor Swift drama, et cetera. But the AFC should be scared. If that is the case uh, with the defense, Kansas city's rolling out with Steve Spagnuolo calling the plays there. I know the Packers schooled the lions last week, throwing the ball, but it's one week and Detroit was vulnerable through the air. I think we've talked about that in past episodes. The chiefs are third in passing yards allowed. So it's going to be a bit tougher on Jordan love and those guys. So I'm taking the chiefs and I'll be watching the utilization on Rasheed rice after this one. Hopefully he's on the field just as much or more uh, as he was last week. I think he's definitely trending up for me. Final game for us, the Monday night game, Cincinnati at Jacksonville. Jaguars are favored by eight and a half at home over unders at 38.5. What you got for a final game here? There's So here's this list of all the reasons why Cincinnati has a legit, legit shot to win this game. All right, I'm picking Jacksonville. Uh, <laughs> Jacksonville, Jacksonville has a legit shot to make a run in – in this um, AFC, right? One, the offense is playing pretty well, but they're kind of holding back what they're doing, which is kind of randomly weird. Um, I I don't understand it all that much. They're not as aggressive as they have been in the past, but they're still putting up a lot of points. Um, the defense has been suspect, and then they're good, and then they're suspect again. I think that's one of those like key things to like a team. When you look at teams that have a legitimate shot to win a super bowl coaches are usually offensive coaches the offense usually has things going on and they continue to get better and then the defense comes along near the end it's the same thing in the men's college basketball tournament bracket right it's like you look all all these years that um you know prior to the last like say four five like duke had really good defensive teams virginia Granted, they won. They won one with this type of team, but they had really good defensive teams. Um, all these, all these teams that are out there that have really good defenses, but they need the offense to carry them and put up points and then come along near the end of the year. I think that it's better to have the defense come along at the better of the year at the end. Come along at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, Jacksonville's kind of like that prime example of a team, so. Um, interested to see what they do Monday night football. It should not be close. I hope like if they could come out and win by 24, 28 points, Monday night football, just put on a complete show or something like Mm -hmm. that. They're going to be a team to watch out for when you're talking about like the Baltimore Ravens without Mark Andrews, how much does that really, you know, mean to them and the struggles on offense in Mm -hmm. Kansas city. So, um, I'll take Jacksonville to win it though. 
Yeah, it's it sucks, man. It's that it's come to this for the Bengals. Kind of a wasted season for Burrow, Mixon, Chase Higgins, all of the above. Um, to win this game, their best bet's probably on the ground with Mixon, but the Jaguars have given up the fourth fewest rushing yards, and they're not going to be scared of Jake Browning. So good luck with you know potentially an extra uh, safety in the box. Uh, I'm going to take the Jaguars in this one. Um, not really much else to say um, on on the week or I'm sorry on the week for us to get to one unit of profit for each correctly picked game. That's kind of what we've been doing all season. Nate's talked about betting money lines here. It's been difficult uh, to try and get profitable. We're working on it. Uh, I have to wager 33.1 units. Nate's a little higher at 33.3 units. Moving on now to best bets. Uh, please help us this week, Nate. We're getting crushed. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got for what do you got for week 13? Um, so talked about the New York Jets earlier. So the New York Jets and the Carolina Panthers, I think that both of those, I think the Jets win for one. And then the Carolina yeah. Panthers, I think five and a half is too much. These are in like really good Stanford Wong um, teaser territory where the six gets you over two key numbers while the total is tanking. So the Jets Atlanta game has dropped, I think, two and a half points. It opened at 36 and a half. It's going lower and you're going to get a bigger spread now, right? With less points, total points in the game, and now your margin, every point matters so much. So if you're taking seven and a half with the Jets, as the total comes down, that seven and a half is worth way more, right? And then Carolina also with the five and a half, I think this was at 38 and a half when it opened, and it's it's tanking. It'll probably get closer to 35, um, maybe 34 and a half by game time given some weather or something like that potentially. Mm -hmm. So I'll take Carolina up past the seven and the 10 over to 11 and a half. I don't think that they lose by two touchdowns to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay doesn't beat anybody by two touchdowns, even with Carolina on the road, but you're going to give 11 and a half points at 36 and a half points uh, total or something like that. That's what, 24 to uh, 13 or something like that. Right? Like 24 to 12. Yeah. I don't think that they put up, 24 points on this team so uh i'll take both of those in a teaser new york jets plus seven and a half carolina plus 11 and a half minus 120 on a book that we won't mention but you can get yeah, minus 120 out there book. minus 120 yeah. out there we're definitely not talking about espn bet either that's one of the fucking worst platforms so candle is all about that man they're legitimately um, robbing people they're robbing people with what they're doing it's it's yeah insane the things that they're doing in their sports book yeah, shop around, check out multiple apps. Uh, I like Pat Fryermoose receiving line against the Cardinals. It's set at 28.5, and Sands, Matt Canada, the Steelers weren't afraid of the middle of the field. Talked about how many yards they passed for, uh, that they finally outgained an opponent, uh, an opponent and kind of, not, I'm not going to say unleashed, maybe they gave the leash some slack uh, for that offense, if I can use that metaphor. Arizona shouldn't offer much resistance in this matchup, and Fryermoose did have 11 targets last week for a buck 20. I think 29 yards is doable. Uh, you can get that for minus 114 on FanDuel. So nice. check that one out. Uh, so I did also have one look-ahead bet I wanted to throw out there into the ether, Nate. Let me know what you think. Uh, yep. This one is for the Denver Broncos to make the playoffs. It's plus 146 on FanDuel as of the recording of my notes here and my argument. They have won five straight. I know they got a tough matchup this weekend. Um, but for the rest of the season, they get the Chargers twice. I like that. Detroit, I like that with that defense. New England, you love that. They're tanking. And then the Raiders. I would pencil them in probably to win at least four of those games, um, maybe even five, uh, putting them around 10 wins. I think that's plenty to get in the show. Also in the AFC right now, we've kind of mentioned it, but the Steelers, Browns, and Colts are in the wild card uh, slots. So I can 1,000% see one, probably two of those teams not being there uh, at the end of the season. And the Broncos, um, you know, they're only one game back of the Steelers as it stands for that top wildcard spot. So, again, plus 146 on FanDuel. I like it. I did bet it. Um, you do you. But what do you think? I think that uh, – I think you said plus 145? 146, but, yeah, 146. in there. 146. Um, yeah, you can. Um, but I think that in order to do that, they'd have to beat Houston this week. Uh, because Indianapolis has such a cake schedule going forward, yeah, and you can expect Houston to win some ball games potentially in their own division. That's, Cleveland will drop out. Oh maybe, yeah, Cleveland's gone. Maybe Pittsburgh drops out. I doubt that Pittsburgh drops out though. But they do have yeah. to play in division games uh, to end their season. But without Jake, yeah. Bra with Jake Browning, and then 
with whatever Cleveland's got is terrible. Um, <laughs> Buffalo, though, is a legit wagon. Like, Buffalo is – if they could just stop somebody from scoring 30 points on them, like, they put up tons of points. They have the offense to do it. They should have beat Philadelphia. I think they have a shot to make the playoffs as well. But I think that if you like Denver, rather than holding a ticket out there for that long, I would just mm-hmm. bet them money line to beat Houston because I think that they have to beat Houston to do it, and you're getting the same odds, right? 146, maybe it goes up. You know, you get to 150s, 160s, or something like that, and that mm-hmm. number is going to be a lot better for you. And it effectively, it's betting kind of the same thing. So you don't have to hold your money out there, wait for something else to happen. Russ gets hurt. You know, Sean Payton, you know, whatever, crashes a golf cart, and slipping on ice, and then passes away, and then the team's tank. What? I don't know. Look, crazy stuff going to happen here, man. Like, he's never lived here. So the roads are wild. Um, but I would just bet them to – beat Houston this week is what I would do. Just I can up. see them losing losing to Houston <clears throat> and still making it in one of those final two spots. I think Pittsburgh I, has one locked up. My problem is I wouldn't want to have to wait on them to I know defend like to have that money to move around. But to to beat the Chargers twice. Right. The yeah. Chargers could put up points. So um and then one bad That's day fair. out of that Denver offense. That's the ones that scare me. So it's like I would All rather right. just bet this one right here. So all right. Uh, all right. Closing thoughts before we wrap, before we get out of here. No, good luck. Uh, don't bet money that you don't have, that you can't afford to lose, that you can't afford to yeah. just light on a table, put it in a table and light it on fire and it not affect your life. Um, pay your Absolutely. debts and uh, be financially responsible. Don't use the SPM bet. They literally rob you. <laughs> they don't, they literally void full tickets. If, if you have parlays or teasers and one leg doesn't hit, or not one leg doesn't hit, one leg pushes. So if you have a push in a parlay, you can have a 10-leg parlay. It pushes, the entire ticket pushes, and it's in That's their rules right. and stuff. like. It's fucking robbery. It's terrible. And they're That's getting right. blasted for it on the internet. So, um, And they don't offer competitive pricing, and they're juicing the shit out of everything because people are going to go bet it because it's on ESPN. And, and you're watching ESPN, and they say, hey, this line I like. Anytime that the book is telling you to bet something or here's a Just promo, don't, don't, don't do, do, it. It. Yeah, don't do it. it. It's all bozo <laughs> bullshit. So um, don't use that book but uh, until all they right. fix all their stuff. But good luck to you this weekend. Let's win. <laughs> Let's get in the plus again, Tony. We got to get over the plus for the whole season. We got four we're more here. weeks. So. We're, chipping, we're chipping away at it, man. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys for hanging out with us for a bit. If you haven't hit the subscribe button already, please help us out there. We will return next week with Nate's recap, and then we'll have another – hit the like button too. Uh, and then we'll have another picking winner spot. So until then, again, good luck with your fantasy and sports betting endeavors, and we'll talk to you soon. Love you, bye. Love you, bye.